We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the making. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. So the LA Rams will be the number two seed. They finished 13 and 3, a 13 win season for the third time in franchise history. I've been dreaming this my whole life. It's so have you. Yeah. It's time to put in the work. Yeah. Every man go dominate. Offense, defense, special team. Let's go. What are we talking about? Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. Hey, hey, welcome to Ram Soccer Radio. This is Derek C. Paul, my co-host, my partner in crime tonight, Sky Svertlin. Holy crap, a blast in the past, a name who's not been on the show for ages. A writer for Ram Soccer who hasn't been here for years because he moved on to find greener pastures. Don't blame him, by the way. Sometimes life takes you different places. He's back, and we're here to talk a lot of craziness for a Rams football day. Sky, how you doing, man? Come on, Derek. How you doing? Well, I wish I could tell you life was fun in all games right now. Instead, we're bored out of our minds. Serious. Pardon me? So it got, got a little serious lately, didn't it? Life got real serious in a hurry. So I guess right away, because I had an announcement that I, we went over in the last show, and now I'm wondering a little more because this whole stay-at-home order, what does that mean? Does that mean like... Californians cannot go, there's like no restaurants open, no nothing even for takeout? Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know about the takeout situation. It's kind of been this week, all the, you know, all the restaurants have been only on takeout mode. And, um, yeah, it's it's been, it sort of feels like we've already been on lockdown, to be honest. Um, But I guess, like, you know, it's okay to take walks and stuff. I'm not sure what the status of all that is right now. Um, it's, not, it's funny, man. Sometimes, like you'll you'll go driving, and and it seems like 
a ghost town. Other times, like, I, you know, I, I went for a walk down at the beach the other day because you can stay away from people down there, you know, if you go to the right places. But it looks like everyone's just frolicking, having fun at the beach, man. So it's like, it's hard to wrap my mind around it, but hopefully people get the idea that it's really serious because I'm not sure everyone gets it. Like, you know, people still going to buy clothes and stuff like that. It's like, that's that sort of stuff they should probably chill on for a little bit, you know, but... um I don't know. Yeah, I went to the pet store the other day, and it's kind of packed. It's you know, some some places feel normal, others don't. How's it out where you are? We're not as bad as you guys are. I mean, I'm home from school, teaching from home. The um, we got our first five cases in the county in the last couple of days, so I'm guessing things are going to get pretty serious here real quick. Five because it started from zero to two to five, and we'll find out what the next number is tomorrow four o'clock Eastern. So we'll find, you know, we'll find out a whole lot, but it's been just restricted more and more every day. Our governor DeWine is, uh, more and more restricted. I think we'll probably be at something close to what you guys are very quickly, very quickly. So right. yeah, that's I mean, I to be the my life about it. It almost feels like everyone kind of needs to just do it. Cause we're at such a giant country. Like if California does it and Nevada and Arizona don't, then, you know, it might it might be not that significant, you know, but if we all kind of do it for a little while, maybe it'll help, I hope, you know. Cause so we can have a normal summer, hopefully, you know. It'd be lovely, you know, get get out, see some football in August and September, and, you know, move well, on. It'd be, be nice we'll to see some baseball by June. It's not looking too good for the home team right. here, though. The, the right. crazy thing, though, is, is there are so many different choices you can make here. I know Denmark, this, I think it was Denmark. That decided to say screw this crap, we're going to throw all the old people in isolation, and let everybody else just get it, just have their big right. their big bump, and then come back down real quick. And then you see right. what we're doing the, the slow burn, trying to avoid all this. Yeah, and well, who knows how long we can we can shut down the economy like this? I don't know. You know, it's maybe yeah. for this this order is currently I think till mid April. <clears throat> After that. I don't, you know, how long can they do it? I don't know. You mean you can't? You can't. There's no way you can. You put this into the summer. Right. You're you're talking depression. You're talking the complete. Well, not the complete, because there are actually parts of the economy that are doing just fine for themselves right now. Amazon, hello, you know. <laughs> but like, yeah, you can't expect companies like GM and Ford to stay shut down. And survive long term. And I know big wig companies, lots of money. Listen, that money goes by real fast when you're doing nothing. When you're not selling anything, right. when you're not making anything. I mean, that money just dries up real quick. All these small business owners, you're talking people who are going to get hurt by this really quickly. I don't see a way that they can try and wait this out through the summer. At some point, you guys say, okay, you know what? We had a couple ways come through now. We had to let people go, and if they get sick, they get sick. I mean, Sooner or later, you're just going to have to go lead Roy Jenkins on this thing and just go straight into it. And hopefully you've had enough time now where you've got more and more ventilators built and put out there in distribution, more test kits built, created, and put out there in distribution. Hopefully you've, you're close to a vaccine. And hopefully you've found more solutions because you have to unleash people sooner or later. You just can't keep them in lockdown for three months. It's just not humanly possible in our economy. Right. Yeah, it sort of feels like they're trying to buy buy a little time to get out ahead of things in the hospital situation, you know. Um, well, that's the idea. Fl- you know? Flatten the curve, right? So You're going to flatten the curve, but you can't flatten right. it for 18 months. Right, right. So, yeah, it's real the- crazy, man. And, and usually with this sort of stuff, it's sort of abstract. But with this one, you know, you can see people in your life feeling it immediately, not going to work or, you know, wondering how they're going to pay rent in the meantime and, you know what steps to take so it's like you know a lot of people just just around already feeling the crunch immediately you know it's real heavy well the, you feel the crunch now person to person but then in four or five months you feel the, the crunch at the national level when our national debt derives to the point where we're in big trouble uh, at the treasury level so the longer right. we're in this right. i mean congress is gonna have to go back and find some ways to cut some stuff because you got to pay for this now. <laughs> you got to pay for right. us. Yeah, so yeah. This is going to be an interesting it's year. So crazy. Interesting. All right. So I we're guess actually, everyone's lifetime, you go through something like this, right? So well, this you know, is two for us, man. We had like nine eleven and yeah. now this. But 
you're going to have a few of these things. So this is two for us. We'll make you know. it. We'll make it. Yeah. You know, in terms of the cool crazy the things. Absolutely. And yeah, it kind of felt like day, that kind of day two for the Rams, isn't it? These last two days. Yeah, it's a. It's been a real blur, you know. In a way, sort of a nice distraction. I feel like you know we're doing all we can on a personal level, staying inside and stuff. But you know, I had something to think about at least. You know, even if it's sort of depressing. <laughs> but, sort of. You know. <laughs> kept watching the news these last two days. Is Todd Gurley gone? Todd Gurley gone. Uh, news flash: Todd Gurley's gone. So is Clay Matthews. Right. How many times did you get refreshed? Right. Oh, all day long. Coronavirus, Rams. Coronavirus, Rams. Dante Fowler not coming back. Corey Littleton not coming back. Now Clay Matthews is gone. You look up and down this roster and you realize you're going to have a whole new defense next year. Besides your, right. your core. And what you're finding is the Rams have a core four now, right? Their core four, Aaron Donald, Taylor Rapp, Jalen Ramsey. And Johnson, that's your that's your four. After that, right. after that, who knows who's on this defense now? We might have a new guy. We're going to talk about him today as well. So, folks, we got ourselves a show for you. This is going to be one of those shows where we're trying to, uh, I guess, maybe talk some people off the ledge. Maybe also talk ourselves off the ledge a little bit. But really, we're going to put all the coronavirus stuff aside here and just talk some football and talk what's going on with this Rams team and where is it going because everywhere you look, you're seeing panic, panic, panic. And reality is this was coming. If not this year, next year, we'll talk about that. We do remind you that we're sponsored by Jim Hawkins' book, Hollywood's Team. Also want to ask you to head over to Apple Music. Leave a five-star review over there for us. It needs to be written out. Take a screenshot of it. Email it to us at RamsTalk1945. And we still have that contest going on. Once we get the 205 star reviews, we're going to pick one of these reviewers. We're going to send out a gift card for a Rams personalized jersey over there at NFLShop.com. Now, here's a key deal. If you win this before the big reveal, I would wait until the reveal, quite frankly, unless you're buying a throwback. I'm just saying because these uniforms may be good. Police, according to the Pay Larry Robinson podcast, are going to be great. I don't know. <laughs> what are your thoughts, by the way, after seeing that logo? Just real quick, we've been asking everybody. It's, it, uh, I mean, it's a little hard to believe that there would be a charger bolt on the middle of the horn like that, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I, I get an ugly, ugly uh, logo, but that's like, that would have to be a conscious decision to include that, right? If that really were the logo, but. They couldn't possibly decide to do that, right? Like, that's not real. I mean, according to Robinson, it's real. Just with some, uh, the colors were on the draft hats are a little bit different, but the the logo is real. That's what uh, Robinson and Paler said in their podcast recently. Albright clarified it as well. You know, backed it up. I mean, apparently that's the logo. It's so weird, dude. Is, is that like? Do you think maybe like that was for people who have like suites for both the Rams and the Chargers? That they, they like try to do a little combination thing or something? Like, uh, honestly, it's so disappointing. Otherwise, <laughs> honestly, we haven't seen the final colors yet. So maybe the colors make that Ram horn coming out of the LA look a little more defined, and maybe that's what they're looking at. Maybe, yeah, maybe. But honestly, I, I just thought they would do a better job with it. That's all. I mean, I really thought they'd do a better job with it. Apparently, the uniforms are sweet, and that's what we're banking on. We'll never wear that logo. We'll just wear the uniform. Yeah, that's the most important thing. Like, and to be honest, like I mean, it, the 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 what people call the snail logo took a while to grow on me too. Not that this will ever grow on me, but I'm <laughs> just saying, like, <laughs> it's just a logo, I guess. But uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, like, what are you? What are your deal? What are your deal breakers on this for the uniform in the logo? What are your deal breakers? I guess, guess that's the question. I mean, well, look. I think for one, logo wise, I'm pretty open, you know. But but you gotta at least have a font. You can't just have like a blank font, <laughs> you know. Like that that LA, it didn't. It wasn't even a font. It might have been italicized slightly, I guess. I don't know. So there's that. 
um, we're a classic franchise, so so don't just make it look like some generic thing. Give it a little classic feel, you know, a little boldness. Um, I'm pretty open-minded. Honestly, like, you know, I guess I'd be classified as one of the old-school curmudgeonly fans, you know, like, I that respects the, the brand, how it used to look and all that, and would like something that has that flavor. But I'm pretty open-minded to new uniforms, I think. Um, uh deal breakers you know it's just straight up uh it's not something that still feel, that feels like the ranch you know the i think the horn on the sleeve i'm cool with with going with like a matte helmet or something like that you know uh, i'm cool with that i can even possibly live with a little navy i know you're you you hate that as a especially the ohio state fan um mm-hmm. i could maybe deal with it i don't know i, I like a lot of the rams old uniforms I used to wear at the coffee and all of them pretty much that i've seen you know like the Navy, the yellow, all of them I'm kind of okay with. So if it feels like the Rams, I'm cool with it, you know? But it's got to feel like the Rams. I don't want it to feel like some superhero cartoon Marvel Universe looking thing like to appeal to people that aren't even Rams fans. Now, I don't think they need to do all that, you know? So stay in their lane. I don't know. What, what, what do you think? Oh, I've said it so many times. I mean, I'm okay with changes. I am. I'm okay with... A lot of changes. There's certain things you don't mess with. You don't mess with the horns. You need to have royal blue in there, in my, in my opinion, or something close to it. I understand that royal blue is so 1980s-ish to a lot of folks, and I can get with that, but something close to it because it pops. It pops. Like the navy blue is just right. something half the league wears. That's my real problem with it. And I don't want to look like a college team. I don't want this uniform looking like the or the logo looking like something that's from Cal or Michigan or West Virginia. You're not supposed to be patterning yourself after them. You're supposed to be patterning yourself after the Los Angeles Rams brand. And you already have it in that royal blue pop. I mean, even if it's a little bit of a darker shade of a royal blue, I can get it. I can get behind it. Just don't go the navy blue, man. I mean, just don't go there because that's it doesn't work. I don't want to be right. a copycat with our teams. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, the royal blue is beautiful and pops and has a, a vibe that we fell in love with in the first place. Uh, here's a question for you. So, you know, we've always had sort of the navy blue helmet and the royal blue jersey, which was kind of funny. Would you rather change the helmet to royal blue um, to match a royal blue jersey? Yeah, I would. I would. It is a little yeah. kind of funny. Or, like we were saying, if you're making it a little bit of a darker shade of that royal blue, then you can back up the color on the helmet as well to match it. it doesn't have You don't have meet to change one and not the other. Yeah, I meet in the middle of it. You just I don't want the dark, dark navy blue. I can see darkening the color a little bit because, I mean, let's be honest. Unless you're a diehard Rams fan, you're probably not wearing the royal blue out for social functions because it's not the prettiest fashion statement, right? You don't see, you don't wear royal blue everywhere you go. So I get why right. you wouldn't wear it, but try and keep some semblance of it. Be, but that's not. Yeah. The, <laughs> we've been there so many times on this show. We actually had a big day, Sky, and the big day. It's it's actually been a big two days. So let's just roll down this real quick. Dante Fowler gone, man, gone. Corey Littleton gone. Todd Gurley now, gone. Clay Matthews, gone. Am I missing anybody? Who else signed someone? Brockers. Brockers, Brockers, of course. Brockers is gone. So those are big keys to your team. I guess the one that really just kind of broke some hearts today was Todd Gurley. What's your take on it? Yeah, I mean... You know, Todd, Todd's going to be remembered as a memorable Ram, you know, and he had a lot of great moments. I, I'm sort of glad that it's happening because it feels like we've been in limbo with Todd for so long. It's, I guess it's only really been about a year and a half now, you know, wondering about Todd. But it's just I'm kind of sick of that discussion. Can he play? What's the pitch count? Is he going to be okay next year? I kind of feel like he's going to have to, you know, share the share the load with somebody wherever he lands. To be honest with you, and it's just we've been we've been wondering about that. And in a way, I'm kind of excited to to see Hendo, you know, get a bunch of carries and you know he has burst and stuff. But you know, we got a lot of love for Todd still, and and um, he'll be missed. The big big hit was it was a you know it was a gamble giving him that that deal. We knew it at the time. Um, hopefully, we're wiser for it. <laughs> you know 
um, yeah, man, um, to be honest, I was a little more disappointed that we didn't get to keep Fowler or Littleton. It would have been nice to, to retain one of those guys. But I guess the big idea was to keep Wit, right? Because um, if we have a nice offensive line next year, yeah, it'll be a lot more fun, <laughs> you know, if this line can gel. And I guess I mean, we need a left tackle, right? So You do, but I... I... I know there was so much on social media about this. This was the all of this is just controversial. All of this is the Rams are unloading everybody. They went from being a Super Bowl contender to a team that just is is tearing down a five year rebuild. I saw someone say today, and I I want to lay this out there because maybe you disagree with me, and it's okay by the way if you do. That's why you're on the show, man. We want to have a conversation here, right? I don't see as a five year rebuild. The core of this team is still here. Aaron Donald's still here. You have the almost your entire secondary. Well, you got wait, wait, hold on. Your entire starting secondary is there. You have the offensive line as it was, and I know some eyes are rolling right now. It's coming back, but you gotta think they should improve as the year went on. They're gonna have a full offseason of seasoning, full offseason of the program together. They're coming back. We don't know yet about Brandon Cooks, right? We might have a late-night move tonight with Brandon Cooks, and that's going to be annoying. But overall, the rest of your core is there. Jared Goff's still here. Daryl Henderson's still here. Higby's still here. For right now, Gerald Everett is here. You have Cooper Cup still here. All those guys are back as of right now. That's a pretty good nucleus. Now, all these guys behind them... A Sean Robinson signed from the Lions. We actually have Eric Schlitt on a little bit later here. I talked to him from Lions Wire, Lions Breakdown Podcast. He gave me a real quick real quick lowdown on Sean Robinson. Gives, gives us a quick scouting report for him. And by the way, it sounds actually pretty good. If he can adapt to being next to Aaron Donald, this is a good signing. And then, of course, Leonard Fowler. Oh, geez, am I mixing two people here? Seriously? Uh, Leonard Floyd, Fowler, yeah. <laughs> Leonard Floyd coming in to replace right. Dante Fowler. So, uh, it, the immediate roster, it's a downgrade on paper, right? But do you see any light at the end of the tunnel here? Well, you know, the NFL is, is so funny nowadays. It's like there's the, the, the difference between you know, being 10 and six or six and 10, it's really so slim that I think a lot of it does come down to making plays, uh, good game plans, just execution, things like that, where there is, there is a way that this team could win 10 games next year. But I think there's, there's question marks. You know, last year we had the question marks being on the offensive line. It seemed like we were, we were trying to put some face in Note Boom and Allen mm-hmm. to slide in. And I kind of drank the Kool-Aid on that, I'll admit it. Um, just because I, I kind of trust Cromer and figured that if they were doing that, they had faith in these guys. Um, this year, though, you know, I think a lot of the, the line is still a question, but I think a lot of the question is going to be on defense, depending on what they do. But, you know, it'll be guys like uh, Traven Howard maybe stepping in. Uh, Oboe possibly getting some playing time now. Um, you know, guys like that. See if Troy Hill can kind of keep up what he was doing last year. So there's always those question marks. And if they work out, things could be really sweet. And if they, you know, but there's also the chance that they won't. I do like that we aren't playing that first place schedule this time. Um, we are playing a third place schedule. Um, and to be honest, I could see the offense actually being better with some clarity. I, I, I felt like the Todd thing was, and we love Todd, but it felt like, like such a, um uncertain thing identity-wise for the offense. You know, it felt almost like a restriction. <laughs> Even though Todd is a great pass blocker, I think still, um, we didn't have certainty there. So I think in a way the clarity on offense and the speed that, that Henderson's going to bring uh, we might be able to keep using Higby the way we did at the end of last year. Um, you know, the offense might actually be better. The line should should be better, I think, even if they stay stay with what they had. Um, so if we can score, and a couple of these question marks come through on the defense, they could, you know, make a little push. I think it's possible, yeah. I agree with you on that. And that, that's not to be a homer, because it definitely, 
you know, <laughs> the, I, it could it could fall off a cliff too, just as easily. But I, I, I don't know. And then the coaching staff is the other the other interesting thing to me. Like, who are these guys? It seemed like listening to um, Staley. Uh, I heard him on that JB Long podcast. Yeah. He has a very similar vibe to McVay and a lot of that kind of energy. So maybe they'll be able to create some of that 2017 culture again. I don't know. But um, but the, but that staff is definitely question marks too. So that, it, it is what it is. You know, I guess entering every season there's question marks, right? And, uh, hopefully they work out in our favor this time. <laughs> well, I mean... Sorry to be long-winded about that. No, that's fine. <laughs> I, that's what we wanted. I, I look at it this way too is I think a reason why some folks are upset it's because the big risks the Rams have taken in the last couple of years, they haven't worked out. The girly contract didn't work out, did it? I mean, right now, the Brandon Cook's contract's not working out. People look at the, the golf contract and freak out. You trade away a, you know, a, a two for Watkins, he stays one year. You went and got Ramsey for two ones, and if you sign him long term, he's worth it, but... What if he doesn't? That's not taken care of yet. There are lots of doubts. Sue signed for one year, gone. You make all these moves. Tlaib and Peters, both gone. They cost you draft picks. You make all these moves, and many of them didn't work out. Some of them were freak shows that they should have worked out, and they didn't work out, and you don't understand why. Some of them were the fact that someone got hurt. Gurley got hurt. Right, I mean, that's the reality. Right, he got hurt. Cooks got hurt. Yeah, this Cooks year. as well. Yeah. That, that took away a big part of your deep threat. I just think that perhaps right now, folks are forgetting something as well, and that is with almost every one of those moves, fans thought that was a great move. They're excited. The Rams went out there and made some moves, get some stars, or working some magic. Can't believe they went and got these players. We're going to win a Super Bowl, and they darn near did once. And a few things go away last year that didn't go the way they should have or could have, and we're talking about a different season. I just want to point that out. I mean, tell me, you know, tell me I'm being a homer here, but go back and look at all those moves, and they were almost universally applauded by fans and media alike. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's in when, when you look at them and possibly the golf deal as well, <laughs> we, we can mention that one. Uh, I think, yeah, individually, it seems like we're a little reckless, right? Like the Rams like to, um, they, I think they, they want to be perceived as one of those teams that takes care of their guys, you know, like the Lakers did with Kobe at the end there. Um, but you know, you got to pay your dues on that stuff. I mean, but on another level, you got to say they did go to a Super Bowl that they could have won. They were tied in the fourth quarter, and you do it, you do it ten times out of ten if that's what you get, right? So, um, I, I think you've said we got to take our medicine at some point, and so if we if we have to take it for a couple years, uh, I think we have to live with that. Um, but in the meantime, it'd be nice if if they could just if they could just uh, rebuild the trenches. I think because then you know what these these skilled guys tend to look good then, right? Like your gambles tend to work out at those positions when you, when you have, when you're making your blocks, when you're stopping the run, right? It's, it's everything else looks so much better. Um, so it would be nice if, if we are down for this year and maybe next year, if they could really add some, some talent and continuity in those positions, I think, and then reboot from there, you know, for, from that platform. But this uh, is what I want to The guys they brought, brought in. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Got it. Go on. Oh, what's that? Yeah, go oh, on. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just going to say, it seems like they, they got uh, Robinson, you know. Uh, it's uh, it, it seems like a slight downgrade from Brockers, but – and Floyd's a downgrade from Fowler, clearly. But um, it seems like they're bringing guys that can at least stop the run. Uh, and then we have a pretty good secondary. So – I think that there actually is a roadmap to um, some semblance of success, right? If if we can get that offense to be a little better than last year, which I think is possible, although, you know, it, it might be a addition by subtraction in some ways. 
with that. But if they can't, you know, get become a, an indoor team that, that lights up the scoreboard a little more, golf, golf finds consistency. If we can score a little more, have a middle-of-the-pack defense, um, and occasionally we get the big plays from, from Donald and, and Ramsey, uh, I, you know, they, they could have a fun year, really. Uh, but, but, yeah, question marks abound for sure. So, I, you know, I, I'm not going to act like that's any kind of lock for sure. And the division is, is tough as nails next year, I think. So we'll see, man. What were you going to say? I just want to point this out. Yeah. 2017 draft. All the picks that were taken. Joe Everett, Cooper Cup, John Johnson, Josh Reynolds, Samson Ebicom, and Tanzel Smart are all still on the roster and they're all contributors. Only two picks from that draft are gone. Okay? Here you go. 2018. 2018 draft. Joe Noteboom. Brian Allen. Micah Kaiser. Oko. Demby. Kelly. Joseph. Howard and Lawler are still with the team. Only ones gone are John Franklin Myers, which I'm sure we wish we had. He got hurt last year anyways. And Trayvon Young's in a brown. Almost your entire draft class from that year. Still here. 2019. Here we go. Taylor Rapp, Daryl Harrison, David Long, Bobby Evans, Greg Gaines, David Edwards, Nick Scott and Dakota Allen. Dakota Allen is the only player no longer on the team. It's universally unheard of for a team for its last three drafts like that to have like 80% of your players still on the team on contract. And they almost all of them contribute. Last year had some injuries with Kaiser. That, that didn't work out the way it was planned. He was supposed to be, we all thought he would be the starting linebacker, right? I mean, right, yeah. And then, the, yeah, Denby was horrible. Of course, how, how, much do you, how, how much would you attribute that to us having to sort of do that because we invested so much in the, the top, top shelf talent too, though, like that we have to fill out the roster. Do you, well, think, do you see a correlation there? Well, sure, but... Because the 2018 class doesn't seem that strong, but... 17 really is strong, obviously, and I think 19 well, is pretty good. The jury's out on 2018 because you had three of your four of your top four guys are hurt. And the other guy was didn't make the team. Myers didn't make the team last year. So Noteboom was your starting right. left tackle, and he was actually getting it together, then he got hurt. Allen was a train wreck at center, but that's even understandable. The guy had didn't even play his rookie year, came right in, no preseason. Now that's a bad decision, right? We can call that what it was, a bad yeah. decision. Kaiser gets hurt. I mean, Oko played well in stints last year. John Kelly, contributor. Sebastian Day, contributor. Travis Howard, contributor. Justin Lawler hurt. So four players right there hurt. Right. Yeah, the jury's definitely out on that group for sure. And I, I really do like Howard. And, and if he gets to play this year, uh, I'm sort of excited to see what happens. I mean, it's, it's going to be hard to replace Corey Littleton, <laughs> but... But if he can, you know, if he can sort of, sort of be a Mark Baronish type guy, it would be a welcome thing, right? Make a yeah, few plays, you know. I think so. But then you look at the whole draft class for 2019, all contributors. So these guys are all contributors, and they've been developing the system now for a couple of years. If they nail this right. draft class coming in here 2020, you have a core of players who can step right in, and I think that's what the Rams are banking on. And here's the big part of that. You get rid of all those contracts and all these young guys are there that you've been kind of moving along. And then 2021, we're going to get a big salary cap bump because of the contract. 17th game. We've seen reports of, but at least it can go to 240 next year, maybe even 260. We're talking about a team right now that will have a, a ton of money available to spend next year. Right. So there's, there's the roadmap right there. Um, good point. Yeah. Yeah. If they can build that foundation from within now, how much, how much of that would you attribute to Sneed nailing the picks and his scouts nailing those picks using that little senior bowl, uh, <laughs> uh, inefficiency or, uh, or the coaching, uh, developing these guys. Um, 
where do you give most of the, the credit on some of those those um, hits? Well, I think Snead nailed a large portion of those. I think he did. You can again, yeah. mo- it, how you could find cheap free agents to replace bad draft picks. You could find undrafted play, free agents to replace bad draft picks. The fact that most of these players are still on the roster says something. We could hammer less need about his decisions for the girly contract or the golf contract or the cooks contract. And there's lots of valid criticism there. You can make those arguments all day. You can't argument his success in the draft the last three years. You can't. Right. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's been a saving grace really for, for the franchise, right? Like it has given him a lot of wiggle room for sure. And, and you know, with the golf contract, I mean, at a certain point they had to decide if they were going to keep him. And you know what? If you're going to keep your quarterback, you're going to pay your quarterback. Now, Goff, you know, he he's uh, not Dan Marino, but but he he had a couple nice seasons there, right? So and last year wasn't wasn't what it was, but there was you know there's we we didn't block either, so and we didn't run. And Goff's a play action guy, so you know if they can, if Goff can can look like he's semi worth that money next year, it would be really nice, right? Because then. That there's more wiggle room for them again, and they have their cornerstone back, right? That they can build around. So we'll see. Well, um, think about golf too. Think about, I mean, people forget so much about what he has actually done in his first four years. They're so busy looking at all the bads. Like you know, he's he struggles when under pressure. He will make some really bad decisions, especially over the middle, but. What are his strengths too? When you give this, is there is there a better deep ball in the league than his? That's up for debate. It's pretty darn good. Uh, I mean, you know, there's Mahomes. But, I mean, but, well, I'm saying know, it's, yeah, it's no, debatable. The game was crazy. The yeah, yeah. Right, right? Think about his outside. If if go back and watch film, I've talked about this numerous times. Get him out on intermediate out routes on the sideline. There's now I will say there's nobody better in the league. There's nobody more accurate than him. He's got his flaws. He's got his skills. He's elite in some areas, and he's got to get better in other areas. And we, it, but we're so easily attracted to just hammering the guy's shortcomings that we're forgetting how good he can be if he gets it straightened out. Right, and I think you know. I think that also with Goff, he's always going to have this thing. His rookie year was, was so rough that I think people got that first impression. And it's hard to shake that, man. Like, you know, most people aren't watching every Ram game. So they get some, some sort of uh, idea about Goff, that he's this or that. And it seemed like he did a lot to, to fix that in the Super Bowl run and all that. But uh, but there's always that little thing about him. And, and also that he's always going to be compared to Dak and Wentz. So if they're doing better, then people will question him on that too, right? So it's... Um, yeah, but you're right. He, he, when he's on, he can throw some really nice, nice balls. And, and I think he's just, he like, like most quarterbacks, he's a rhythm guy, right. Who can look really bad sometimes. And, but if we're doing everything right, he, obviously he can go to a Super Bowl. So, <laughs> and, and one thing about him that I like is that he's, he, he is tougher than he appears to be. You know, I don't, he doesn't look tough, but he is tough. He keeps, he keeps getting up. He's, he's, uh, He's he's healthy, right? I mean, he gets nailed, gets right back up. Um, he's kind of unshakable in a lot of ways, which is pretty cool, man. Uh, that's that's a kind of quiet leadership that he has with, with that. And so there will be there will be tough times and, and good days. You know, we, we see a lot of good quarterbacks look awful at times, right? Even Mahomes in the Super Bowl looked pretty awful for about three quarters there, right? Um, so you know, I mean, you you picked it apart. There's no perfect guy and you put them in certain situations you you learn a lot about them both in that moment and maybe for the future there's no perfect quarterback even Tom Brady against the Rams a certain bowl made him look very mortal didn't they I mean they they made him look awful mortal when they started hitting him they won that game as one Patriots commentator told us they're going to win by death by paper cut and he was right they they didn't win this game on the deep ball they won the game on the death by paper cut short little dump pass that the rams just got worn down with 
it wasn't anything else that Tom Brady did. He was under pressure a lot, and he looked like it. So I look at where does Jared Goff go from here, and I'm still studying that film, folks. I haven't forgot about that. Jared Goff just, he's got to go back to the drawing board. It was clear at times last year he wasn't prepared for what he was facing. He wasn't ready to adjust in certain situations, and it showed, period. And I think we'll come back to a guy who will eventually come in next year and with some protection, some, not even a whole lot, but with some, just be a better quarterback. I really believe that because we've seen too much of the good for him. Just too many people are forgetting the bad. We know he's capable of. We know he knows what he messed up. And I'll be stunned if he comes in next year and is just not a better quarterback. Absolutely stunned. Yeah, yeah. And and he's just going to be more familiar with the offense. Um, I agree. I agree. And um, actually having an offensive coordinator, and you mentioned it before too, is he, he's had a lot of shakeup in the quarterback room in general, right? So um, that hasn't helped either probably, you know, not having a, a consistent voice back there other than McVay himself. Well, yeah, we'll see, man. Because that, that's the big thing. If they can, if they can have a franchise quarterback, like a true franchise quarterback, it's really going to help. You know, if that works out for him, it would be tough to have another year where everyone's complaining about golf. You know, consecutive oh, seasons boy. would be would be pretty nauseating, man. And especially <laughs> with that contract too, right? That contract, which actually, if he can hold on, it will be team friendly in the end. So. I mean, just with that contract, just just wait, folks. Just wait a little bit longer. Now, one more thing here, too. We have ourselves a new pass rusher, Leonard Floyd. We're going to wait until the weekend. I'm going to try and get with Chicago Obble guys. Come on, talk for a little bit about him. So we're going to wait on that. But we do have a Sean Robinson. We have, we have a little bit of a profile on him. I sat down with Eric Schlitter there from the Lions Wire, and we're going to hammer this out. Real quick, before we do... Special announcement, guys. And it may be completely invalid for in most cases with today's state homeowner. But if you are in the California area and you're getting hit hard economically in your business, we have a lot of ad time available in the offseason right now. And if you are still operating and you think our listeners would want to get in on you, like you're an online company or you got something that you need to sell, something you can get to, Email us at ransom1945gmail.com. We will work with you to get your ads on the air. We want to help out the community. We want to be a part of whatever can help out in this tough, tough time to get people income, get people working. So all that I said, again, if you are still able to operate right now and you want some free advertising on the podcast, email us at ransom1945gmail.com. I will personally even help you write the ad. Okay, so you don't have to feel like you're in La La Land for the first time advertising on a podcast. We just want to help. Okay, we're not going to charge you anything. We're not going to, and I'll even promise it right now. We'll do it for two months, and then if the stay at home order ends in a in a month, and you're and it's back to restaurants only doing takeout, we'll do it then too. So that's our promise to you. That's our word, and we want to help. Period. End of story. Full stop. Okay. All right, so here we go. Here's here's our conversation with Eric Schlitt from the Lions Wire about new Rams defensive lineman, Sean Robinson. Check it out. All right, folks, I'm here with Eric Schlitt from the Lions Breakdown Podcast, also the Lions Wire. And I got to tell you, on short notice, the man stepped up like Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, how you doing? I'm doing great, Derek. Thanks for having me on again. Well, thanks for coming on. And just real quick, we wanted to get your just your take on a Sean Robinson. We just signed away from from the Lions, and uh, lots of questions because we're kind of curious as to how in the world a second round pick didn't pan out in the end over there. Basically, with Sean is uh, I don't think it was necessarily that he didn't pan out. I think it was that Sean was looking for a uh, change in scenery. Uh, he had some issues, I guess, in the locker room at different points. Uh, didn't He's not a huge fan of the media, and there were some things that I think 
he was ready to move on from uh, here in Detroit. But um, on the field, you know, there was there were some ups and downs that went along with his uh, his stay here in Detroit as well. When Snacks uh, Harrison was brought in, he uh, responded. Ashawn Robinson responded very well to the Snacks Harrison uh, addition, but and uh, he had one of his more successful years in uh, 2018 uh, playing alongside of him. When when you put a, a strong defensive tackle next to Ashawn, Ashawn is can really get into his element and, and be successful. But when uh, Snacks Harrison struggled last year with injuries, um, more focus was put towards Ashawn, and, and that's when he had a little bit of a down year. Um, add in that locker room issues add in some coaching staff friction and then all of a sudden he just wants a new change of scenery and and uh la ends up landing a nice player so by a nice player are you talking about somebody who could turn things around real easily in la yeah asian is as a run stuffer is, is very good uh as a pass rusher he is lacking now as a if you're asking him to be a three technique, then which is kind of the role that the Lions had him in in their scheme, it was very uh, it was like a, a an alternating three technique five technique spot. As a three technique, he struggled because he lacks that those pass rushing chops. But as a five technique, or as a, and as a run stuffer, he's, he can excel. And like I said, when you put him next to a defensive tackle, he can really. Um, a, a good defensive tackle. He can really respond out of that. So I do think there's potential for him uh, with the Rams because you've got Aaron Donald, you've got other guys there that can, that can draw the attention, which will give Aishan um, some more one-on-one looks, which will be better for him. Uh, he's always going to give you that run-stuffing uh, presence, but uh, I think if you're expecting him to give you a pass rush, uh, you're probably going to be looking in other areas because he's – He's a, like I said, an excellent run stuffer, but he'll be limited to to a like a five technique type role. So just a breakdown, though. You mentioned a couple strengths, mm-hmm. couple weaknesses right away. The run, great. You're not don't expect a pass rush in terms of other weaknesses. Maybe he doesn't get along well with the media. Can you elaborate more on his strengths and weaknesses overall? Yeah, he's so with this. One of his weaknesses, like I said, is, is that pass rush. He just it's it, it's not something that he was ever asked to do when he was in Alabama. It wasn't necessarily something that he was asked to do when he was in Detroit, and so he's never really developed a uh, a skill set that allows him to uh, you know put together multiple pass rushing moves. And so it's just not part of his, his resume. Um, could he learn it? it's hard to tell it's never it's never really something that we saw out of him when, when during his time in detroit um he's strong but he's not necessarily going to be like an an anchor like in in detroit they wanted him to be able to sink and hold part of the line uh and he was he took on a big role there in 2016 and he struggled and because he struggled that's one of the reasons why they brought snacks harrison in because he was a better anchor. So uh, Aishan struggled with that. But when, like I said, when you got somebody next to him, he was able to find his anchor more. He was able to work off of the players next to him, which he's, uh, which he can be very good at. He's got an excellent reach. So uh, he doesn't, he can, he can be very gap sound and, and controlling multiple players on the offensive line. He has, um, He's, he's a very sure tackler, and so there's a lot of upside in, in that aspect. But you have, to, you have to know what you're getting out of him is basically a guy who is going to be uh, – he's not going to be a splash player, um, but he still is a there, – there's some talent there to, to be had for sure. It sounds a lot like the guy we just lost. Michael Brocker is a lot of like run-stopper. Yep. Um, yep. Not a big pass rush guy, but – Brockers is almost 30, and Robinson is 24. Does he have a ceiling here, especially next to Aaron Donald in the lineup? Yeah, I think Brockers is a great comparison for stylistically what you're going to get out of Aishan, but you're getting a younger version. Um, 
with Aaron Donald next to him, I think he can have a nice ceiling. Um, can he reach the, the Brockers level? Yeah, I think I think that's definitely in the realm. Like I said, his when he played next to, to Snacks, it was a really, I mean, it was a very, very successful 2018 season. Uh, but you got to have people around him in order. He's, he's a guy who needs other players around him that are good in order to, you know, be at a high level himself. But he's not a guy who's, who's going to make pe- other people around him better. But that doesn't mean that he's still not a good quality player. He's a starter in the NFL, and he's and, and there's a lot to like about him. It's just uh, I do think the ceiling is is capped because he really doesn't have that pass rushing potential. Gotcha. All right, Eric, real quick, can you let people know where to find you? And as the Lions are making moves, I'm sure you got stuff coming out as well. So. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty crazy here in D, in Detroit because it's a it's a complete overhaul of the uh, defensive uh, of the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I'm at Eric Schlitt on Twitter. It's E R I K S E H L I T T. I I have a, a weekly podcast about the Lions. Uh, the, like you mentioned, the Detroit Lions breakdown. But yeah, all my work is at um, Lions Wire, which is part of the uh, USA Today social media network and. Uh, Lions Wire has just a ton of content out there right now because the Lions are extraordinarily busy right now. All right. Thanks so much for just taking a few minutes of your time. I really appreciate it. And I guess we'll be talking to you again real soon for the tour on the league, hopefully, if you got time. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> great, man. All right. You take care. All right. So, Sky, what do you think about the Robinson signing? You know, it, it seems like it's... it's uh... It's not exciting, but I think it might help the run. You know, it's it's uh, <clears throat> it would have been nice to keep Brock, but I think he, this guy will be able to to plug some holes and be tough to move out. You know, so I'm I'm cool with it. It seemed like fair. He, he was compensated well, though. So you know, they, what do you think? I think it's a great move for them. I think they've needed somebody who can really come in there and stop the run for a while. He's a little bit bigger than Brock, body wise. They're probably going to use them a little bit differently. Yeah. So I, I I know that Eric mentioned a lot of the similarities here for what their purposes was. Brock wasn't going to bring you a whole lot of pass rush. He was going to bring you solid run-stuffing game. But this guy's game is run-stuffing. He's not really a pass rusher. That may change alongside Aaron Donald, by the way. That may change beside you know, Aaron Donald, maybe Greg Gaines in the middle in that rotation with Sebastian Day, um, Joseph Day. I just think... This is a good signing, especially since he's young. At 24, had some issues out there in Detroit and needed a new place to start. And I think in this culture, it may work. And what I mean by culture is, I don't I don't know, Scott, do you realize this? When they let Way go, there's a lot of reasons letting Way go. But the idea was that the Rams were going to do things more they're going to focus more on, on scheme as well. That was the one thing that was really complaining. Like, fundamentally, Wade Phillips focused there. Fundamental football, right? But he wanted, the reports were that McVay wanted more scheme, more matchup planning, more of how our team's going to play us and how we're going to play them. It wasn't just relying on the fundamentals. If that's the case, then this is a guy for you. You're going to slide him in, and you're going to match him up where you need to match him up at. And I think that's where the Rams are going. They're, they're getting rid of the players that fit more of the Phillips mold, and they're bringing in players who are going to fit more of a schematic mold. Staley bringing Staley's new defensive coordinator. He's got to be familiar with with Leonard here. You have to believe that, right? Leonard Floyd. Right. I mean, yeah, makes sense to me. Well, yeah, yeah. It it seems like a very interesting piece. I mean, to be honest. So, so do we see Robinson? He's he's the three technique, right? Even though he's he's pretty, he's kind of large enough to be a, a nose tackle, right? It seems like they're looking for run stoppers in the front seven. So does that does that indicate they might uh, let Kaiser have another crack at it? Uh, take it back from Troy Reader, maybe you think? Like, is that kind of where we're going with all this? Do you think? I think so. I think Kaiser in the middle, and you're going to be looking for edge rushers. An edge rusher opposite of a Floyd, so you're gonna have your edge rushers on the side, right? And I, I got, I think they're gonna look for a situational edge rusher in the draft now too. 
or just pass rusher, period. A situational pass rush guy in the draft. I think they're looking to match up more schematically, and by doing so, I mean they're going to bring guys out more in run, in run situations to focus on run and then pull personnel in for pass rush situations. That's where I think they're going. They want to be able to match up better with what teams are doing instead of relying on one base set of players out there. Right. And it does seem like some of these things they're doing might be with the 49ers in mind a little bit, right? Like just as far as yeah, you got it. getting bulldozed off the line of scrimmage, you know? So. And there's one more thing I wanted to discuss before we go too as well. And that is Todd Gurley. Yeah. We mentioned him earlier and I think it's fair for us to really stop, pause, and look back, too, because this guy brought a lot of great memories. You know, his big clinching touchdown against Tennessee in 2017, this is when they they clinched themselves a division title. The week prior in Seattle, that massive run and the blowout of the Seahawks in Seattle – those are huge memories we're going to have of Todd Gurley. And I don't want to end this podcast without asking about your best memory of him as a Ram. And I also, you know, do want to, not that he ever listens to the show, probably never has, never will, but do, do want to thank him for his time in the blue and gold and the time that he spent repping this team, um, laying on the field and, and putting your body on the line for it. What are your thoughts on his career overall as a Ram? For sure. I, I hear you, man. It's like change is something that's always going to happen in football, and especially if you got a sweet deal like that, this kind of, you know, put up or shut up type deal. <laughs> you know, you got to, they expect a lot out of you at that rate. But, um, but yeah, even, you know, I remember from his rookie year with those, those long runs that he had, uh, uh, in St. Louis and then coming out here 2016 was a little tough, but then, that 2017 season was so special just because it had been so long since the team had been good. And he was, he was the, the big catalyst of that. And, uh, you know, I remember jumping over the, the Redskins player at the Coliseum. That was beautiful. And, and yeah, the Tennessee play you're talking about there mm-hmm. for me personally. And I actually put this on Twitter earlier. Um, my favorite was, I, I was lucky enough to get out to London to see them play the Cardinals. And, that was kind of, I think they were four and two maybe heading into that game. And they put a beating on the Cardinals that day and to move to five and two. And all of a sudden it felt like, man, maybe the Rams are going to make the playoffs this year. And just the excitement of being good for the first time in a long time is just, you know, it's almost more exciting than the Super Bowl in a way, like just realizing that. But, but Gurley, I remember that game. Um, and I, I remember even talking to, to you and Rudy on our chat about about this run was that that eighteen yard yard mm-hmm. scamper uh, down the sideline. He I think he stiff armed some Cardinal into oblivion, scored, and just being being there and and celebrating in Twickenham Stadium, watching that man like it kind kind of chilly stadium full of full of fans. Uh, it was just a magical vibe for that man. It was like the Rams have arrived and. Todd Gurley was the spearhead for that team, you know? Um, and that, so I, I think the, the, you know, the 17 and 18 Rams are just going to go down as one of those teams, you know, like the Shaq Kobe Lakers or whatever, the, these various teams that you fall in love with, man. And, um, and Todd's forever a part of that. So, uh, he's on, on to the next stage of his career. And so, and the Rams are on to the next thing that they're going to try to do, but, uh, that's forever, you know? Um, and I'm glad that all that happened. And uh, much love to Todd Gurley, man. Uh, and we wish him well. We and we hope that it's not with the Seahawks <laughs> or something like That's that. My, you know? That's my fear. AFC. <laughs> well, I mean, he could also land with the Cardinals now. I mean, seriously, right? Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, they, didn't they, they just they just gave some uh, a bag to uh, Drake, though, didn't they? They transition tagged uh, him. I, I mean, so I just. Yeah. I, I just wouldn't surprise me though. You get Todd Gurley out there, he'll probably go to Atlanta or Tampa or something like that. But if you could think about what are the big needs the Seahawks have and what, and what the Cardinals have right now offensively, if there are any needs really for the Cardinals or Seahawks, it would be running back. Yeah, yeah, sure. And if 
if the, if he can split the split the load, I think he can still he'll still have you know three four games where he looks really effective, you know, and and does Todd Gurley things. And if nothing else, you know, he's he's a super smart player. He's very good on the pass pro, and um, he, you know he'll be excited to to have new surroundings for sure and be the best version of himself for wherever he lands. I'm sure you know so. There'll be some moments where I'm probably regretting him being there, and then there'll be others that go, oh, yeah, okay, it's all good. Hopefully hopefully uh, Henderson and Malcolm Brown and whoever else they get uh, helps us not feel so insecure about it. But <laughs> it's always weird, man. And, and you know, it, it's sort of a shame that, that it, it got derailed as quick as it did. It would have been nice to, to ride out the girly era for another you know, at two more seasons or something before it ended, but it is what it is. Health will always be a thing in this league, you know. You know, what I think with him too, you have to realize what you have with him, though. I mean, when you in his peak, he it wasn't just his speed. Like in the playoffs in twenty eighteen against Car- not Cardinals, the Cowboys, he was came back from injury, was as fast as he ever was. Right, had a great game in oh, yeah. the preseason last year. They measured, they count, they. It's Hindem, same speed. He can go as fast as he ever was before, speed-wise. But there was something different about him at the line. He didn't have that same explosion at the line. Once he got going, he had that speed. and can power you over, can go right past you, but he didn't have that initial explosion to get you through the lack of holes in this offensive line that were there. He That's right. just wasn't the same yeah. guy, and... If you can get him with a team with a strong offensive line that will open those holes, he can still do a lot of damage for you. You put him in a team with sure. an offensive line like a yeah. hey, like a Pittsburgh. But yeah, you're right. You know, I think the thing is with Todd. You know, I think um, that's what I mean. Is like I, I think Todd is Todd. It's I might be totally off base with this, and it's just like you know fan stuff for me to say this, but I feel like he's sort of a moody player. Like when Todd is, is jazzed and ready to go and hype, we used to see him coming out of the tunnel at the Coliseum. Some games he'd be screaming and just really into it. In those games, he, he just really seems to really be on attack mode. And then other games, maybe when the knee is acting up or something, um, he doesn't seem to, to attack the line the same way, you know? So you're right. Yeah. If he can get into a system where, they got a nice offensive rhythm and, and they're actually making the blocks. It seems like he could prime it, kind of find um, that prime time type level again, at least in spurts, you know, I, I could definitely see it happening. And I kind of hope it does, you know, just. Um, All right, folks. So there you go. That's our show. We covered everything we could in about an hour. We could probably keep talking. There was a whole lot of things, a whole lot more going on. We'll get with Mike this weekend, hopefully, and get his take on all the stuff that went down. But in the meantime, first things first, Sky, great to have you back on the show. It's been a long time. Can you tell folks where they can find you on social media? Oh, yeah. You can find me on my couch for the next month. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs> um, you know, I'm on Twitter farting around. I, I, uh, I was writing, you know, I haven't been writing lately, so. I'm just laying low, but you can find me on, on Twitter. Maybe I'll get back in the writing game one of these days, but maybe I'll check in with you again, Derek. Sometime. You've got an open invite to uh, come on hey, home. Say what's up to Mike Stewart, man. That's a that's a, a player that I watched growing up, man. Pretty cool that you're doing that pod with him now, too. I always listen to it. Well, well, one, we're glad to have you back on the show, and I'm glad to have Mike here as well. It brings great insight. In the meantime, though, where did you say your your, uh, your Twitter is? Oh, it's, uh, I, you know, I go by Sky Atola, S-K-Y-E-A-T-O-L-L-A-H, at Twitter.com, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's pretty much what I go by, Sky Atola on there. Uh, not my first and last, and there's no check mark by my name. So you'll probably find me, at, you know, roaming around Twitter. I'm on, I'm on there sometimes. And I have time, so I'll probably be on there a lot more late in the near future. Because you're <laughs> sitting on the couch. For me, you can find me on Twitter. Yeah, on the couch. For me, you can find me on Twitter at DC Apollo. You can find Rams Talk at Talk Rams. And don't forget Budding Heads. And we got some more stuff coming your way as we're reorganizing our podcast lineup. So pay attention. In the meantime, don't forget to leave that review. 
And remember, we're always found anywhere podcasts are available for Sky. That's Merlin and the rest of the Rams Talk team. This is Derek C. Paul saying we're out of here and we'll see you again this weekend. Peace. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.